Lord, everybody. Come on, praise the Lord, everybody. Come on, praise the Lord, everybody. Amen. Let's praise Him this morning for His goodness. Let's just praise Him for His mercies, and let's just praise Him for His love. He's worthy to be praised. Good morning and praise the Lord to everyone. Amen. We're going to invite you all to stand with us. We're going to get right into a service this morning. Waymaker is a miracle worker. Amen. That's the God that we serve this morning. Praise God. I'm going to ask you to pray with us this morning and ask the Lord to have his way in the service. That will bless our service. That whatever will be said and done today in the service will be done to the glory and to the honor of his name. Pray with us this morning. Father God, we love you. We adore you, Lord God. We give you glory. The hurt is the Lord and the fullness thereof. The world and they that dwell therein. I'm so glad this morning to be in your kingdom, Lord God. I'm so glad, Lord God, that we are a part of your, oh God, family, Lord God, this morning. As we gather in the house of God this morning to praise your name and to magnify your name. This is the day that the Lord has made. We want to rejoice and be glad in it. Oh, magnify the Lord with me. And let us exalt the name of our Lord God together. Our God is great and greatly to be praised. From the rising of the sun and to the going down of the sun, He is worthy. He is the King of all kings. He is the Lord of all lords. He is the Alpha and Omega. He is the beginning and the end, the first and the last. He is the mutable God. He is the only wise God. He is the one that is and that is to come. He is our Savior, our Keeper, the one that we adore, the one that we worship. Lord of all lords, King of all kings. Jesus, we love you, Lord God. We give you all the glory and all the honor in this place this morning. As we pray this morning, we ask you to have your way among us this morning. Touch us individually and collectively, Lord God. Let the Spirit of the Lord overshadow this place this morning like never before, Lord God. Touch our musicians, our individual. Oh God, I pray the Spirit of God will come to the blessed men of God this morning. Touch our praise singers. Help them to be in one accord. Let your anointing flow through every person in this place. Oh God, that when we leave here this morning, we can say the word surely good for us to be here. Father God, as we pray, Lord God, we pray for our online viewers this morning that you will touch them, oh God. Touch their hearts and their mind, oh God. Heal every person that is sick in this place this morning, oh God. We ask your will to be done. We give you all the glory and all the honor as we worship you in the mighty name of Jesus. Come on, church. Let's just give the Lord a round of applause this morning. Oh, hallelujah. Let's just praise him because he's worthy to be praised. Have your way this morning. We love you. We glorify and magnify your name in Jesus' name. Hallelujah. Worship the Lord with us this morning. Glory to God. Hallelujah. hallelujah, Jesus. Come on, bless Jesus. Bless the Lord. Hallelujah, Jesus. The power of the Lord is here. 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 The power of the Lord is here.
I feel it in the atmosphere. The power of the Lord is here. The power of the Lord is here. Hallelujah, Jesus. Somebody clap their hands this morning with us. We're here to worship and praise the name of Jesus. Hallelujah. Say the presence of the Lord is here. The presence of the Lord is here. And I feel them in the atmosphere. The presence of the Lord is here. The presence of the Lord is here. Oh, hallelujah, Jesus. Say the spirit of the spirit of the Lord is here. The spirit of the Lord, the of the Lord is here. And I feel them in. I feel them in the atmosphere. The spirit of the Lord. The power of the power of the Lord is here. I feel the power of the, the Lord. Power of the Lord is here. And I feel a man. I'm gonna get my blessing. 
on if you know he's your champion. Come on, we can do better than that if you know that he's your champion. If you know that the Lord reigns forevermore. Father, you reign supreme, Lord Jesus. Father, we, you reign supreme, almighty God. Lord, we bless your name today, Jesus. We humble ourselves before you, Lord Jesus. Hallelujah. We give you the highest praise. Almighty God, move as only you can do, O oh God, in this place this morning. Hallelujah, Lord God, from the pulpit to the door, God. We pray, O oh God, that you will take dominion over this place, O oh God. We give you, Almighty God, all the power, Lord Jesus. Have your way in this place this morning. Hallelujah. Glory to God. Glory to God. Glory to God. Come on, let's worship him. Hallelujah. Lord is my shepherd. Sing, He goes before me. He goes before me. Defender behind me. Say mercy and good mercy. 
second and just worship the Lord in this place this morning. Oh, hallelujah. We love you, Lord God. We love you, Lord God. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Praise God. Hallelujah. I'm not alone. The Lord is my shepherd. He goes before me. He leads me. He keeps me. Hallelujah. He provides for me. 
Hallelujah. Praise God. Hallelujah. 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 That's all right. That's all right. He's worthy to be praised this morning. Hallelujah. We have a right to praise the Lord this morning. We have a right to worship the Lord this morning because he's worthy to be praised. Hallelujah. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Lord. Hallelujah. Amen, 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 amen. Hallelujah, hallelujah. Praise God. We welcome everyone this morning to Christ Center Church. Amen. So glad to have you here in the presence of God this morning. Where, you know, I'm looking at the poster that it says, Where Christ is the central of our focus. That's who we are here to worship this morning. He is the center of our focus this morning. And I'm so glad that our online viewers, as well as those that are here in the congregation this morning, you're here taking this time to worship God and to thank Him for His goodness, for His mercies, and for His love, and for all that He's doing in our life in spite of the time that we're living in. Amen. We're serving an awesome God. Let's give the Lord a round of applause this morning for all that He is doing in this time. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Praise God. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Praise God. Remain standing for a few more minutes. Amen. Praise God. We're going to get right into our offering without any further ado. You know, it's uh, offering time. If you want to pay electronically, it's to my left, your right. Uh, Sister Patrice is over there. She will take your electronic payment. If you need a envelope, just wave your hands. The hushers will be glad to give you an envelope. And, um, you know, we're, we're still, you know, we're, we're finding a building that we're trying to purchase. And we're in need of, you know, everyone help that can help. We do have some, uh, we have a portion of the fund, you know, that we can put down. But, you know, the building costs $1.7 million. You know, we'll take your $50, we'll take your $100,000 if you want to contribute towards it. If you have a half a million dollars that you want to, you know, write a check, we'll take it. You know, regardless of how small it is, you know, be a blessing. You know, give unto the Lord and the Lord will bless you in return. Amen. We're going to ask you to bow your head. Father God, we thank you for your presence that we're feeling in this place, oh God. We thank you for every person that is gathered together, oh God, to worship you in this time, oh God. As you're about to receive this morning's offerings, we ask your blessing upon every giver, oh God. Those who have to give, those who have not, likewise, make a way so they can be a blessing, oh God. We ask you to continue to open up doors, make ways when there seems to be no ways. Continue to be our provider, continue to be our supplier, continue to be the one that is and that is to come. We give you all the glory, we give you all the honor, we ask your will to be done in the mighty name of jesus we pray and everybody said amen everybody said amen everybody said amen amen give unto the lord this morning in jesus name praise god hallelujah
Amen. Thank you, Josiah. Excellent job. We certainly miss him when he's not here. He's in school getting the education. Amen. And he's on winter break. And so we thank God for him being here. That was quick, wasn't it? It was just the other day we said um, he was going out, going off to college. And he's on winter break already. My Lord. Well, you know, that those four years will be gone. Enjoy, Josiah. Amen. Soak up the moments and enjoy yourself while you're going through college because before you know it, the time will come and go and you'll wonder what happened. When you get to adulthood, time flies. You know, when you're young, it just seems to not go as quick as you want it to go. And when you become an adult, you're like, where did time go? I complain every day that um, why am I going to bed again? The days seem like they move so quick. I feel like every time when bedtime comes, I feel like I just did this. I'm serious. It's like, didn't I just do this? Why am I going to bed again? But I don't know. I guess when you start to get older, the time starts to escape you. And you're like, I needed more time today to do some more things. And the time just escaped you. It's good to be in the house of the Lord this morning. Amen. I'm grateful to stand before you one more time. Because God is good. It's a privilege to stand before you. And every time anyone stand before you representing the Lord, it surely is a good thing that the Lord see fit to allow you to stand before his people. And so I don't take it lightly. And uh, I will submit myself unto him and let him do what he wants to do here this morning. But I will tell you this. God wants to do something spectacular, amazing miraculous in your life before you leave here today i am telling you this is what he has placed in my heart that he wants to show you something this morning god wants to show you something this morning and if you will allow yourself to just be open to what god wants to do in your life he will do it so if you're here this morning for god to do something in your life you're in the right place if you're here to be religious and fill your requirements of saying, I went to a church service, then you might be in the wrong place. Amen. So for the young people, usually parents make you come to church. Uh, for the next few minutes, forget about your parents. Get this for yourself. Say, all right, God, speak to me. I know I had to be here because my parents made me come. But how about you speak to me so when I leave here, because God is no respecter of persons. Right. And so he's not going to speak to the adults and leave out the young people and the children. No way. God wants everybody to hear his word because it's profitable and beneficial to all and not just some. Amen. So before you leave here, God wants to do something miraculous in your life. It's good to see everyone, family, friends. It's just good to be here. Thank God for his goodness and his mercy. Amen. Well, I have a word from the Lord this morning. And I hope you will receive it as such. This is not something that, you know, my time of reading Bible, um, I just came up with. Sometimes I can be studying the word and I see something that comes out in the word that I feel like will be beneficial to us. All of God's word is beneficial to us. But there are some days that he go above and beyond to make certain I speak what he wants specifically to be spoken to those that are here this morning. And so he went above and beyond. He started to speak to me or to deal with me about this word that you're getting ready to hear. He started dealing with me 
with this since last Sunday, last Sunday, and then I got home. Usually when I get home on Sunday, tell you, living for God, it can be, it can be um, exciting if you will let it. And so, you know, my tradition is, you know, I preach 9 a.m. and 10.30 and, you know, I hang out and talk and, you know, fellowship. And then after that, I, you know, go to Starbucks if I didn't go before I come to church, get my nice Starbucks, go home, sit back for a little bit. We have class, a Bible, um, we're in Bible college and we start at 3 o'clock. And so that's just my day. And when I'm done at 6 o'clock, usually with Bible class, I kind of put my foot up and say, all right, that's it. But God will break in in one of those moments where I'm chilling and says, I, I need I need your attention right now. And so he did that last Sunday when I thought I was in chill mode. He was like, no, 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 no. I need your attention right now. Forget about all that stuff you normally do. I need you to do this right now. I said, okay. And he just kept working that throughout the week and hence the word of God that we have this morning. So if you will stand with me and turn your Bibles or look on the screen or use your device to go to Exodus chapter 8. Verse number 22, that will be wonderful. Exodus chapter 8, verse number 22. Amen. Sister Adia, hope you're feeling better. Brother Chuby, hope you're feeling better. Brother Sam, you know, it's always so good to see you. Amen. And our family. Amen. We are so glad to see all of you. Amen. Don't say anything. No. Proud of my son. Son, good to see you this morning. Proud of my oldest son. That's my firstborn, church. My firstborn. Amen. Him and I have been rolling for a long time, almost 31 years. <laughs> my firstborn. And when my lastborn act up, I say, hey, he was here before you. <laughs> Even though I gotta, I gotta say, so um, we were watching the NBA draft the other day, Jordan and I, right? Mom eavesdropping nine, and um, I said, Jordan, watch this, because all the usually uh, the the NBA guys they're younger than when you get drafted at um, um, football, and so Jordan, I said, this is what you don't want to do as a young guy like that. If you're gonna get drafted one day, have your mom with you. I said, don't have um, your girlfriend. I said, because if you're 18, 19, you, you might not be with her after a couple of years in the NBA. So don't bring your girlfriend on screen for everybody to see, and you're probably not going to be with her. And then later on, they're asking you, well, what about the girl that was with you when you got, got drafted? You don't need that. So they were all coming on. I said, Jordan. He said, yeah, he's got his mom. Then he says, Dad, he's got his girlfriend. He's not doing the right thing. So I trained him already. So if you ever, if you ever get so I said, son, what if you get drafted? Who would you have? Not mom. <laughs> he said she won't know how to act. Because <laughs> when she goes to the game, she's, she's a mess, right? So Jordan said, no, nah, no, nah, Dad, I will have you and Nasir. Because I can have you over here just chilling, and then me and Nasir can do the cool handshake on TV. <laughs> done. 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 I'm done. So... He knows the firstborn is the firstborn, right, Jordy? You know the firstborn is firstborn. You're the lastborn, right? You know that. All right, good. Exodus chapter 8, verse number 22. I welcome all of you to Christ-centered church. And for those of you that are um, part of our service virtually, I love you and I welcome you. And I'm so glad that you can join us 
Mr. Brantley, Dee Dee, uh, Joe and Barbara. I shouldn't start calling names because there's so many of you that are part of our uh, online um, virtual um, congregation. And so I just want you all to know I'm always in tune with you being a part of the service. Even though you're not here physically, I can sense and feel your presence virtually. So glad to have you. Glad you're a part of our service today, as you always are. Exodus chapter 8, verse number 22. The word of God says, And I will sever in that day the land of Goshen, in which my people dwell, that no swarms of flies shall be there. To the end thou mayest know that I am the Lord in the midst of the earth. Pay attention here. God is saying, that they may know that I am the Lord in the midst of the earth. God is trying to communicate something to everybody. Verse 23, very important. And I will put a division. That word is usually not good. A division between my people and, the, and thy people. Tomorrow shall this sign be. God's going to show you a sign today if you let him. Exodus 11, verse 3, the word of God says, And the Lord gave the people favor in the sight of the Egyptian. He gave his people sight, gave his people favor in the sight of everybody else. God likes to do that. Moreover, the man Moses was very great in the land of Egypt. In the sight of Pharaoh's servants and in the sight of the people. And Moses said, Thus saith the Lord, about midnight will I go out into the midst of Egypt, and all the firstborn in the land of Egypt shall die. From the firstborn of Pharaoh that sitteth upon his throne, even unto the firstborn of the maidservant that is behind the mill, and all the firstborn of peace. And there shall be a great cry throughout all the land of Egypt, such as there was none like it, nor shall be like it anymore. Verse 7 is the key verse here. But against any of the children of Israel shall not a dog move his tongue against man or beast. That ye may know, here we go again, how that the Lord that put a difference between the Egyptian and Israel. A couple of places here we're seeing the Lord says, I'm going to put a difference. I'm going to distinguish the difference between my people and everyone else. God said it, not man. So before you run and says, well, what is that all about? We're not coming up with that. We're not the ones that deciding the difference. God decides the difference. I want to talk to you today on this topic. God's lordship makes the difference. God's lordship makes the difference. Jesus, your presence is here. And, oh, God, we want your presence 
to be manifested in this house this morning. For Lord, it is you that sits on the throne. Heaven is your throne. Earth is your footstool. You are the sovereign God, omnipotent. And oh God, there is none like you. All other gods are idols. You are the King of kings and the Lord of lords. You are the most high God. Besides you, there are no savior. And oh God, we've come this morning understanding and recognizing who you are. We're grateful that, Lord, we are in our right minds to know who you are, oh God. And I ask, Lord God, that as your power fill this house, that you will manifest your glory by miracles, signs, and wonders, and demonstration. And that we will not leave this place the same way we came in for every person, Lord God, that may up in their mind today and purpose in their heart today to say, God, I want to experience your power, your presence. I want you to do a work in me for every person, Lord, that will be intentional in seeking you for such purpose. I pray that you will let it be done. Let it be so, Lord God, as we pray and ask you these things in Jesus' name. Somebody say amen. You may be seated. God's Lordship makes the difference. Stick with me just for a moment. I know you might get distracted by the phone for a second. But stick with me for a minute here. There are many distinctions among people today. We have decided as mankind to classify ourselves, classify people. Gallup did a poll and for a number of years asked Americans to place themselves without any guidance into five social classes. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. The five social classes that people began to place themselves in are these. Upper class. Upper middle class. Middle class. Working class. And lower class. Mm -hmm. These are the five classes of people. These five class labels are representative of the general approach used in popular language and by researchers. However, our societal classification of people are done by humans. And so I'm here to tell you today, while Gallup has done its poll to classify people, while society has run with that to classify people, I'm here to tell you, don't you worry about what people may classify you as. Because what people have to say about you really doesn't matter. What matters is what God has to say about you. I'm 
not concerned about what you may say about me. Do I want you to say good things about me? Do I want you to think good things about me? I sure do. When I try to live a life that's right, when I try to live a life that, that says that I give back and I do all the things that society will profit from, yes, I want to. But at the end of the day, as we like to say, whatever you think about me, whatever you classify me as, it does not matter what matters is what God classified me as. We got to get that in our mind. We got to get that in our mind because we fall prey to what society is saying about us. We fall prey to what people have labeled us and we can't fall prey to that because it doesn't matter if God is saying something different from what they're saying. Uh-huh. 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 And so, I want to ask you this question today. Does God classify people? Does God classify people? We'll get back to that. Egypt and Israel are declared to be types of people who dwell upon the face of the earth. When you read about the Egyptians, when you read about the Israelites in the Old Testament, you're reading it to say, okay, what's our history? How did the Lord do things? And you can learn that. But there's so much more behind it. And part of what's behind it is God showed us and let it play out in Scripture so we can see the difference in the people of God and everybody else. So when you got into scripture, it shows you what the people of God represents, who was Israel, and what everybody else represents, who was Egypt. And so when you read through scripture and begin to understand Israel's position or uh, 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 Egypt's position, you will see that Egypt will always represent those who are not the people of God and Israel represent the people who are of God. Today, in our world, it's still that way. Those who are the people of God and those who are not. I didn't start it. Don't be mad at me. I didn't come up with it. Don't be upset with me. We read it where God says, I will show the difference between my people and thy people. So he started it. Now, I can tell you this. He's the creator of all things. So he have a right to start it if he want. The people that fear the Lord. And the people that fear him not. That's what it boils down to. The people that fear God and the people that don't fear God. That fear doesn't mean scared, but that fear means to reverence him. And when you reverence him, you respect him. And when you respect him, you try not to offend him. When you respect him, you try to go with what he's telling you because he knows what's best. When you respect him, you tend to oh, show respect in how you behave towards him. That's what the fear of God means. It doesn't mean you run around trembling scared. So the, the two different kinds of people are those that fear God 
and those who don't. Mm-hmm. 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 The Egyptians are the pictures of those who are living in their trespasses and sin, fulfilling the lust of their desires, preferring worldliness over godliness, enemies to God by evil works, and aliens from the kingdom of God. Mm-hmm. The Israelites, on the other hand, God's people, are set before us as the representatives of those who have, through grace, received the revelation of who God is, obey his plan for their life, for their salvation, and then they live in obedience, submitted to his will and commandments. There is a between God's people and those who are not God's people. God said it so. Don't get me wrong. God created everybody. So let me get that out of the way before you start trying to negotiate in your mind. Well, what do you mean by God's people? Aren't we all God's people? God created all of us. Yes. Yes. enter into an area here that might be a little bit tight. But for those of you that have children, uh, there are some children that decide, I'm out of your house. I'm not messing with your rules and all your stuff. I'm good. Uh, I'm grown. I got my own stuff. I'm not messing with this house because y'all, uh, you know, the kids out there getting, they gone. You brought them in this world. But they decide to reject you. You didn't reject them. But they rejected you. <laughs> Get out of here. I'm not listening to all that stuff. They barely come around. They don't want to come around. That's kind of how some of us are with God. He created you. He loved you. But he got some ways of how you need to behave. And when you decide that you don't want to go with that flow, then guess what? You're going to end up leaving. Mm-hmm. God didn't kick you out. Mm-hmm. You decide you're going to leave. And so this is what we're dealing with here when we talk about God's people and other people. We're talking about some that have chosen to stay with God and live according to his rules and his statutes. And then those that says, eh, I'm good, let me do my own thing. Mm-hmm. The difference between the Egyptians and Israel was exceedingly manifested. At first sight, it seems to be very advantageous for the Egyptians. Follow me, please. They ruled over Israel with force. Egypt possessed the toil of the Israelites, they made bricks, and Pharaoh inhabited the houses which the Israelites built. How soon, though, was the tables turned on them? God wrought plagues in Egypt, but Goshen, when the Israelites dwe- where the Israelites dwell, was spared. So Goshen was a part of Egypt, Egypt, part of Africa, if you want to get into it like that. And so where the the Israelite lived in Egypt, the same thing wasn't happening there as it was where the Egyptian lived. 
this morning at the 9 a.m. service, I made the example of saying, those of you that know about tropical weather, especially rain, go down to Florida, wherever you go, it can rain on this side of the road and not rain on this side of the road. So it's not hard to uh, conceive that, that, that God can cause stuff to happen over here in the same land of Egypt, cause all that stuff to happen, and just a little ways down the road, nothing. Because God will show a difference between his people and everybody else. <laughs> he sent a thick darkness over all the land. Even darkness that might be felt. But in all the land of Goshen, there was light. I'm going to give you a metaphor today for you to understand that. As you know, we've been talking about our election for the longest now. We're still talking about our election. And that's going on in the whole land, especially in the United States, because that's where all this is going on. There are some of you that are being affected by that darkness that have transpired and transpiring right now. There's a, tradition, a transition that's going on right now in our world. One is leaving, one is coming in. So different things are going on. Transition. And so many of us are consumed by those movements. And that means that you are walking and dealing with darkness by being consumed by that. Because I can tell you, if you're a child of God, you see clearly. You've got 20-20 vision in all of what's going on in our world today. I will not be moved because God allowed me to walk in light while everybody else that don't want to submit to God will walk in darkness trying to figure out what's going to happen. When you're trying to figure out what's going to happen, uh, you may be walking in darkness. But when you are walking in light, you says, I trust Jesus. Lord is my shepherd. He goes behind me. Oh, goodness and mercy going to follow me. And so the bottom line is, I don't need to see what's going on in our world. It's dark and it's darkness. But when I follow the shepherd, I don't need to see because he is all-knowing. He is present everywhere. And he is all-powerful. I just need to follow my shepherd because he leads me. And he guides me. Uh-huh. Uh-huh. God's lordship makes the difference. Uh-huh, it does. And so darkness, they were in darkness, and the people of God were in light. He sent all manner of flies and lice in all their borders. But throughout habitations of Israel, not a fly was to be seen. Neither were there molested by any living things which crept upward from the quickening dust of the earth. The Lord sent hail and a moraine upon the cattle of Egypt. But the cattle of the children of Israel were spared. 
And on their fields fell now this locating shower from heaven. At last the destroying angel unsheathed his glittering sword to smite his last decisive blow. In every house throughout the land of Egypt, there was weeping and wailing. He smote the firstborn of Egypt, the chief of all their strength. But as for his people, he led them forth like sheep. He led them through the wilderness like a flock by the hand of Moses and Aaron. They came to the Red Sea, and he divided and passed for them. They went through the sea on foot. There did they rejoice in him. Let me tell you something. Don't look at other people to determine if God is doing his thing in your life or not. You can't determine what God is doing in your life by looking at others who may not be following God, who may not be God's people. You can't look at them to determine what's going on in your life. And we have done that so many times by looking, well, what's going on out there? Well, what's going on with that one? What's going on with that one? And when we look out and see that, if that's not going on in our life, then we start to wonder what's wrong with our life. God wants me to tell you this morning. Don't look at other people's life to determine if your life is good or not. Don't look at other people's life to determine if your life is good or not. If you belong to God, you are God's people because you are following, you are obeying, you are submitted to God. Everything that's happening in your life is good. As a matter of fact, God went to the, 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 extreme, the, the, the extreme of that and says, all things work together for good to them that love God, to them who are called according to his purpose. So hear me, church, it might seem to everybody else and they might make you start to feel like what's going on in your life is not good. It's terrible. It's not working out. But I'm here to tell you this morning, God says all things work together for good to them that love God. To them who are called according to his purpose. We just have to make sure we are the people of God. That's our responsibility. Make sure you are the people of God. Because even when people look at your life, and even you might look at your life, and you're saying, I don't know. Oh, I know. I don't know what was going on in our house the other No, I, we were doing some work down in the basement and some stuff started happening where stuff started delaying. And I feel so confident in being a, a, a people of God. I just said, God must know what he's doing and it needs to be delayed. And I just smiled and kept on going about my business. Because I am fully persuaded that I am a child of God. And whatever is happening, whether it looks bad to everybody else or whether it looks bad to me, it does not matter as long as I know I am God's person. As long as I know he's my God, his lordship is ruling in my life. As long as I know that, it doesn't matter what it looks like right now. Because guess what? The Egyptians thought they were sitting on top of the world. They had the whip. They was making sure the Israelites do what they wanted. As a matter of fact, they used the Israelites to build what they wanted. Build this, build that. Listen, the, 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 um, the, the pyramids in Egypt were designed by the Egyptians, but they were built with the hands of the Jews. 
Don't get that twisted. Make sure we know that. Those pyramids, the minds of the Egyptian, the drawings, but the instructions, I'm sorry, the drawings and the instructions came, for the, came from the Egyptians, but the Jews carried it out in the work that they did with their hands. Read your Bible. And so the Egyptians felt like I'm sitting on top of the world. We got slaves doing what we want. Go, yo, 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 come over here and do this. They chilling. Pharaoh got the nicest house in the land built by Jews. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And that's how they were living. So who, who, who felt like who was what? If you were Egyptian at that time, you would think, yeah, I'm on the right side. You kidding me? I'm on the right side. Holy Ghost want me to tell you, there are some people that are prospering in our world and they think they're on the right side. There are some people that's in the world right now, they're not serving God, they're not submitted to God, and a few good things are going their way right now, and they think that they're okay. They think that, look at me, I'm sitting on top of the wall, but all people, hear me today, the tables can turn in a second. So what you think is good right now, how things are going for you right now, you might think, oh, God is on my side. And we like to chalk it up to God is doing it. You sure God is doing it? Huh? You sure God is doing it? You sure what's going on in your life, God is doing it? Because the only way to be sure is make sure that you are the people of God. Uh-huh. The Lord, in all these things... Put a glorious difference between the, the Egyptians and the Israelites. And today, he is still doing the same. He puts a difference between his people and everyone else. And so back then, he was showing them the difference between his people and everyone else. And he worked his work in the lives of his people and did differently for everyone else. He's still doing it today. He's still doing it today. Mm -hmm. No matter what is going on around you, know this, that God's favor is upon you if you're his people. In all of what's going on, God will show favor to his people. Doesn't matter how messed up things are. This is something that is very true, and a lot of people don't want to hear it, but I must say it to you. When the church is no longer in the earth, the chaos and the evil that will take place in this earth, you think you've seen chaos? You think you've seen evil? You think you've seen wickedness? You think you've seen unrighteousness? You haven't seen nothing yet. When God's church is out of the earth, the things that will take place in this earth will blow your mind. Because now God don't have to show no difference between his people and everybody else. Because he would have taken his people. Mm. 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 
Oh, God's grace is upon us today, church. God's grace is upon us today, and he's allowing us to see the difference. That's grace. When God showed you something that he did not have to show you, and right now he's showing you the difference between his people and everybody else, it means that's God's grace. What is God saying? I'm showing you a picture. I'm laying it out so you can make an informed decision as to who you want to be, as to what people you want to be. That's God's grace. It don't last forever. Grace don't last forever. How, what do you mean, preacher, grace, grace don't last forever? You remember Noah? If you study it, it, it looks like Noah preached for 120 years. 120 years of grace. 120 years of grace. He preached up a storm. It's going to rain. It's going to rain. It's going to rain. God will destroy this place with water. It's going to rain. Except you believe God and get into this ark now, you will be destroyed. It's going to rain. 120 years straight. Go on with that. That was grace. But you know how we treat grace? Somebody hear me this morning. I'm speaking God's words today. The words I'm speaking is not all of my words here. I'm telling you, God is speaking to me through this word this morning. And so hear me. We take God's grace for that we can keep on enjoying what we want to do. God is so good. He's allowing me to do this. God is so good. He's allowing me to do that. And we take it to fulfill more of our desires when God is giving us an opportunity to change. If we want to become his people, that's what he's trying to do to say, here is my grace. Can you see the difference? Do you see how I operate? So now you have the chance. Now you have the opportunity to make an informed decision as to what you will do, who you will be, whose you will be. It's called grace, church. And we have categorized grace as, whoo, man, yesterday I did this and I did that. I was hanging out. I was doing this. I was doing that. And God ain't did nothing. And so in your own little mind, you're thinking, okay, 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 God not that mad. Because he didn't do anything about it. And so what we're doing is we're taking his grace for granted. That's what we're doing. Oh, he didn't do anything. So we think that when God don't respond right away, guess what? Oh, I can keep going. Church is the opposite. It's the opposite. It's the opposite, church. When God don't do something right away, you know what you need to do? Get on your knees and cry to him and say, God, you're so good. That's what you need to do is get on your knees and cry and say, God, you're so good. Because I know I did wrong. I know I went right. I know I did wrong. And you did nothing because you're trying to give me an opportunity, a space of grace to repent and get my life right and on track and serve. That's what you need to do when he don't do nothing. That's how we need to read into it. We're reading into it the wrong way. We're reading into it like, oh, (laughs) we can keep on going here. I mean, look, he ain't did nothing. He good. God is good. You think when, when you do something wrong and God don't do nothing about it, you think that makes him good? 
What, what good parent just want their kid to do wrong and keep doing wrong? No good parent. Because you know it's going to mess them up eventually. So God is just trying to show his goodness to say, I'm good. Come over on my side. And you're taking it as keep on rolling. Keep doing what you're doing. No matter what's going on around you, know that God's favor is upon you if you are his chosen people. God's eyes are always on his people. He will not allow you to suffer more than you can handle. As a matter of fact, here's another thing God put into my spirit. I'm telling you, I am speaking God's word this morning because he just filled my heart and my mind up with all of these things. And, 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 and I'm, I hope I can get it all out to you today. But, but what is suffering anyway? That's, that's another thing he dealt with me when I'm thinking about all this and I'm praying about it. What is suffering? We think suffering, here is where we get tripped up again. We think suffering, John, means that we're not getting to enjoy what the rest of the world is enjoying. Oh, man, we're so deceived. We think that's suffering. We think suffering is we look out and see all the other people doing certain things, and then we start thinking our mind, but we as the people of God are not supposed to do that, and we think, well, I got to suffer for God. Instead of feeling privilege that God kept me from all of that stuff. Instead of, instead of rejoicing that God see fit to, 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 to just bless me and show me favor and allow me to be free. As opposed to being consumed and controlled by devices and, 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 and by material and by drugs and alcohol. Instead of being glad that God has kept you from it, you're looking saying, oh, they're enjoying and you're not. And so you think you're suffering. That's how warped our mind has become. But God want me to talk to you this morning about his lordship. And that it is his lordship that will make the difference in your life as opposed to you wanting to always get what God can give you. I told him this morning, many of us seek the hand of God as opposed to the heart of God. When you seek somebody's hand, it means you want them to do something for you. When you seek somebody's hand, it don't mean you care anything about them. When you seek somebody's hand, it just means you need their help. Don't have to be anything about you and them. But when you seek somebody's heart, changes the game. It, it means you want to be in a relationship with them. It means you want a connection with them. It means you want to know them. When you seek their heart, it's different than when you seek their hand. And so many people are seeking the hand of God and not the heart of God. In Daniel chapter 3, verse 20, you remember Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego, you remember them? In verse 20, the word of God says, And he commanded the most mighty men that were in his army to bind Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego, and to cast them into the burning, fiery furnace. Then these men were bound in their coats, their horses, and their hats, and their other garments, and were cast into the midst of the burning, fiery furnace. We know the story. Therefore, because the king's commandment was urgent, and the furnace exceeding hot, the flame of the fire slew 
knew those men that took up Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego. So what the scripture is saying, the men that threw Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego into the fiery furnace, they got consumed by the fire and got burnt up. I understand a little bit. If you cook on the grill a little bit, you should understand that. And so when I first light my grill, when I'm trying to get everything all sparked up and get the charcoal burning good, there's a certain kind of fire that's really hot. And you got to kind of stand back from that fire. Right. And if you put your hand over it, you got to be careful. You don't get burned by that fire. And that's just a little old grill. Think about a big fiery furnace. And those men got burnt up. Let's read on a little bit because there's a couple of lessons we need to see in this. Look at verse 22. Therefore, because the king's commandment was urgent and the furnace exceeding hot, the flame of the fire slew those men that took up Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego. Here is what I, I, I thought about this morning. Cheryl, those men were under the orders of the king. And I think that of the three, there's always one person that has some kind of compassion or something. There's always one in the bunch. And of, of the three, uh, uh, I'm sorry, of the men that threw the three boys into the fire first, one had to have some compassion. And so I believe that one had compassion and probably was thinking in his mind, you know, I don't want to do this. This is not right. Plus, I don't even want to get so close to that fire. I'm going to get burned. But guess what? He thought it, but he still had to follow through. Why? Because the king said so. Because if you didn't listen to the king, you would be in trouble. You might have been thrown in the fire furnace if you didn't throw those men in the fire furnace. So I feel like there had to be somebody that was like, I don't really want to do this. I don't really want to do this. I don't really want to do this. But ended up doing it anyway, Lyle. And so I want you to think about this. You and I and so many other people in this world have people in our lives that will tell us things to do that we don't really like it, but we do it anyhow. So why are we not doing what God wants us to do? Why is it so difficult for us to do what God wants us to do? Why is it that we can ignore God in what he wants us to do, but if somebody with some, what we call authority, but if somebody with what we call some power, which is riches, uh, tell us to do something we might not want to do, we do it anyhow. That, to me, is like fearing man rather than God. I'm not telling you not to be a good man, a good person, a good woman, and do what is right that you're supposed to do, whether it's your boss or your, your family member or whatever. Do what you're supposed to do. But what I'm telling you is when you do for them and you don't do for God, I would like to know what will be your explanation to God why that is so. Verse number 23 says, and these Three men, Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego, fell down, bound, into the midst of the burning, fiery furnace. Then Nebuchadnezzar, the king, was astonished, and rose up in haste, and spake, and said unto his counselors, Did not we cast three, bound, three men bound into the midst of the fire? Question. 
They answered and said unto the king, True, O king. I love how he spoke in those days. 25. He answered and said, Lo, I see four men loose walking in the midst of the fire, and they have no hurt, and the form of the fourth is like the Son of God. Mm -hmm. Then Nebuchadnezzar came near to the mouth of the burning fiery furnace and spake and said, Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego. I want you to think about this, everybody. I asked them this morning. Why do you think those men who threw Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego, Bree, why do you think they, when they threw Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego in the fire, they got burned up? But then when the king went and looked in the furnace and realized that they weren't being burned and there's a fourth person, why he didn't get burned up? Why didn't he get burned? It's not making sense. Because if they got burned up for getting close to him, he got close, and he now starts looking. Oh, I see like a fourth man in the fire. Like the Son of God. I didn't even know he had a chance to say that. I thought he would have just been and burned up too. But he wasn't. Let me, can I say this to you real quick? He wasn't because God is in control of everything. In case you missed it, God is in total control of everything. He decides who perishes and who does not. He decides who gets burnt up and who does not. God is in charge of that. Whether we like it or not, it is just the way it is. And so Nebuchadnezzar didn't get burned up. Verse 27 says, And the prince, governors, and captains and the king's counselors being gathered together saw these men upon whose bodies the fire had no power, nor was a hair of their head singed, neither were their coats changed, nor the smell of fire had passed upon them. Verse 28, then Nebuchadnezzar spake and said, Blessed be the God of Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego. So, let me tell you what I told him this morning. God did not allow King Nebuchadnezzar to be burnt up because he was going to use King Nebuchadnezzar to preach, to testify of who God is. Whether you are righteous or unrighteous, if you are going to testify, preach about who God is, he's going to allow you to preach it. Doesn't matter who you are, God will allow you to preach his word. I hope that me included, when we all preach the word of God in some way, shape, or form, that we will live the life so we can be accepted by God and not be preachers who preach the word of God and never get to spend eternity with God. Mm -hmm. Because Nebuchadnezzar was evil. They worship idol gods but God knew when he got in the fire with Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego and they were all walking in the fire and now they weren't being burnt up hair not being singed clothes not being filled with smoke and all that stuff he knew that that was going to be a testimony unto him and church, I'm here to tell you and everyone else in this room this morning and everyone that's tuned in virtually, hear me now. God's purpose in the earth is that every person will come to know who he is. 
God's purpose in this earth. He manifests his ways. He manifests his purpose. He manifests his plan in this earth for one purpose and one purpose only. So we can all come to know who he is and have an opportunity to choose to become his people. That's the reason. That's the reason why God will do things. And so, hear me, God wants to do things in your life. God wants to do things in so many of our lives because he wants to show the difference between his people and everyone else. When you become a people of God, God is going to do great things in your life purposely because he wants those who are not his people to see how he treats his people. Because let's be clear, why would I want to live for God if I can't look and see a difference between God and what I'm doing? Now, that's truth that we don't want to talk about. Why would we live for God when the people that are not living for God is looking like, I'm good. The children of the Egyptians, they looked at the children of Israel for a minute and was like, yeah, I like my life. So they were able to see the difference. I don't need to serve your God. We'll keep on worshiping our idol gods. We're good. And then when God turned the tables on them, then they were able to look and say, oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. Their God is different. You know how they say that nowadays? Oh, that's different. <laughs> when Almighty God turned the tables on them, <laughs> they started looking like, oh, that's different. As a matter of fact, the Bible talks about when the... Um, when God led the children of Israel out of um, Egypt, they said there was a mixed multitude that went with them. And what that means is there were some Egyptians that, see, that saw that, yeah, the, the Jews God, he is God. Let me get on that bandwagon. No, we're always looking for the bandwagon we need to get on. Let me get on that. That looks like that's going good. If it's not God's bandwagon, it can only go good what you think is good for a minute, not for a long time. And it's not good. It just seems good. It just seems good. God will deliver his people. God will heal his people. God will set his people free. You will experience victory in the midst of the pandemic that we're in right now. You will experience uh, uh, a life and safety in the midst of the pandemic that we're in right now, in the midst of the shadow of death, in the midst of turmoil and uncertainty. If you are the people of God, you can experience the blessings of God no matter what. There is a difference between God's people and everyone else. I hope you're getting this today. I'm almost done. There are some who imagine, they imagine that the only difference between the true people of God and everyone else is just this. Their profession as Christians. So all I got is profess. They believe the difference is that the Christian, they attend their place of worship more than everyone else. They think that if they become a part of all these ceremonies, that that makes them a part of the family of God. And I want to tell you that while those things are required, those are not the things that makes the distinction of the people of God. 
So we can come to our place of worship and just say, yeah, I was in the place of worship this morning. We, we, can, we can come and we can say, I gave tithes, I gave offering. We can come and we can say, I felt the spirit moving and so I was worshiping and praising and still not be God's people. Now, I know that's tough, but that's the truth. What will be the major distinction that distinguish us as God's people? I'll tell you what it is. The distinction between God's people and everyone else is far wider than some of the things we just discussed. The clearest distinction between the people of God and everyone else is God's lordship over their lives. I'll say that again. The clearest distinction between the people of God and everyone else is God's lordship over their life. What does that mean, preacher? What does the word Lord mean? You can find various different meaning of Lord, but here is the one that I want you to lock in on. The one that the Bible teaches our God is all about. Lord means one who has power, authority, and control, and he exercises it justly. So God, who is Lord, has power, authority, and control, and he exercises it justly. He doesn't take advantage of his power. When we say Jesus is Lord over us, and we are his people, we are saying Jesus has power authority and control over our life and we are totally submitted to him which means we obey his commandments whether we like them or we don't like them whether we agree with them or we don't agree with them that's what makes the difference when we can say that Jesus Christ is Lord. When we throw that, that, that terminology around, oh, Jesus Christ is Lord. Oh, if we understand what that means. That's when you can say, I'm a people of God, when he becomes your Lord. Because when he becomes your Lord, there are things that he commands you to do that you're not going to feel like doing, but you do it anyhow. When he becomes your Lord, there's some things that he has in his words that you're like, ah, I don't see why that's necessary. But you know, if your Lord is telling you that, you better do it. Uh-huh. Because your Lord is just. The Bible says God will not withhold any good thing from you. God will not withhold any good thing from you. So if he's not allowing you to have it, it's not good for you. You might think it's good for you, but if he's not allowing you to have it, it's not good for you. Or for that moment, it's not good for you. I'm there. I'm there. I'm there. God wants to show the world there is a difference between his people and everybody else. That's why no matter what is going on in our world, we don't have to worry, for he will show this world the difference between his people and everyone else. Church, can I tell you this this morning? If you are truly a 
person of God. You know you're in the family of God. You don't have to fret. You don't have to worry about anything that's going on around us or in our world today because God, he, Lord, forgive me if I'm misusing that, this terminology. He takes pride in letting people know who his is. He wants them to know. Why does God want them to know? Not because he's egotistical. But God's desire always is that we have the very best. That that's God's desire for us. That we have the very best. And no one can provide you with the very best except for him. And so he is the only one that can give you the, that can give you the very best. And so God is constantly just manifesting himself in, in the earth to let us see who he is so we can make a conscious decision to say, I want to be his children. I want to be his child. I want to be, uh, uh, I want him to be my Lord. He is constantly doing that. Let me tell you something. Huh. We have no idea just how much God wants to be our God and wants us to be his people. The things, the extremes that he go to, to make sure we can make that decision. Here's the big thing. He can't do it for you. That's what God can't do. He cannot make you make the decision. That's, he cannot do that. He can do everything else to make you see why you should make the decision. But he can't make the decision for you. He said in the Bible, If I be lifted up, then I will draw all men. And what God has been doing since day number one for us, because he always existed, since day number one for us, what God has been doing is trying to manifest himself, is, is making sure he would be known in the earth so all people will come to know him and surrender their life to him. So he can become... Lord of all people, not just some people. It is not God's will that he's just Lord over some of us. He wants to be Lord over all of us. All of us will have an opportunity for God to be Lord over our life, not some of us. He is not rejecting anybody. If you don't become a child of God, it's because you rejected him, not because he rejected you. It's just that simple. It's just that simple. In Romans chapter 9, verse number 17, here's my closing text here, and I finish up with this. The word of God says, For the scripture said unto Pharaoh, Even for this same purpose have I raised thee up. God is saying, Pharaoh, I raised you up. Pharaoh, I raised you up. You didn't raise yourself up. Your people didn't raise you up. I raised you up. When are we going to realize God is in control of good and evil? He either allow it or he stops it. God will allow evil to work for his own good. God will allow evil to work for his own purpose. God will allow evil to work for his purpose and your good. This is why the Bible can say, can say all things work together for good. To them that love God, to them work. So God can allow evil to work for your good. 
If you are the true children of God, sometimes when bad stuff starts to happen, you need to sit back and say, all right, God, what are you up to? All right, God, what are you trying to tell me? All right, God, what is going on? Because I know you love me too much. I know, oh God, that you want what's best for me. So if this evil thing has come upon me, if this thing has come into my life, maybe I need to just... Stand still and see the salvation of the Lord. Maybe I need to stand still and trust in God and let his will be done because I don't know, but he knows. The Lord is my shepherd. (laughs) He goes before me and leads me. Woo! And so he says, I raised thee up. That I might show my power in thee, and that my name might be declared throughout all the earth. Now you see what I'm trying to tell you? That all of these things that have transpired is just for one reason. So people will know God in all the earth. And so they can make a conscious, informed decision that I want to be the people of God. This is why everything that goes on, go on. Because God is making the distinction of his people and everybody else. And he wants you to see clearly if you are his people or not. And sometimes you might think in your mind that I am, the, I, I am a child of God. Okay, okay, okay. What are we seeing? I need, I need to see some fruit. I need to see some fruit if you're a child of God. What's going on in your life? You need to see some fruit if you're a child of God, what's going on in your life. What's going on in your life? You need to see fruit so you know if you're a child of God or not. And you can't base it off what it, what, what's going on with everybody else in the world because everybody else in the world, is they're not the children of God. So go to the Bible. Go to your book, the Bible, and say, how do I make the distinction that I'm a child of God and God is working in my life? How, how do I do that? Uh Uh-huh. Well, you got to go look. God had purposely placed that particular Pharaoh in that particular position at that particular time in history so God's great power would be displayed through the miracles witnessed in Egypt and by the incredible release of the Hebrew slaves. And so his name would be known all throughout the world. He did it so. The world would come to know him and how he puts a difference between his people and all others. That's why he did it. The children of Israel, he allowed them to go in slavery more so because he wanted to reach the idol worshiping Egyptians. You see the difference between God and us, how God thinks so differently from us. You would not dare think in your mind that you'll allow somebody to go through some struggle so somebody else can get to know who God is. And he allowed the children of Israel to be in slavery and to be in that situation. Trust me, they were doing some wrong things, and he just let them follow their heart. And, but, but, but he could have kept them and protected them from that happening. He says, no, all things will work together for good. And so I'm going to allow them to go get themselves entangled in the mess of web that they will get themselves entangled in. And I'm going to let them go. Why? Because in this, I will reveal myself to the Egyptians who are idol worshiping God, who are uh, they worship idol gods. And I'm going to let them see the true and living God. And yes, 
all the children of, of all the Egyptian and Pharaoh had the chance to know who the true and living God was. They had a choice. Either they follow him or keep following Pharaoh. But they knew before they died who the true God was. That's God's goal in life for everybody to know him. What's his real desire? That everyone will give their life to him and he will be Lord of their lives. But he knows that's not going to happen. He knows some will choose to be his children and some will choose to go their own way and do what they want. But what his goal is, is for everyone to know about him. There's a scripture in the book of Matthew that says, then this gospel will be preached in all the world. Then shall the end come. 50 years ago, that sounded like nonsense. And we probably thought our God was crazy. When we go check our website where people are viewing our, our, our live feed from, that's just us. Think about all the churches all around the world that's doing this. How many people throughout the earth is hearing this gospel preach? Oh, they're going to hear about him. They're going to know about him. They're going to know who God is, and they will have the choice to decide if they will become his people or not. And when they stand before him, they will not have a choice. They will not be able to say, God, I didn't know. Because they will know. Because the word of God would have come to them. And they would have heard the word of God. And they would have had the opportunity to make the decision. We will become a part of the family of God if we want to. If we want to, we can become the family of God. Listen to me. God wants all people to become his people. Not because he created them, but because they chose or they choose him. Because they want his life. They want what, is, what he has designed for their life. Because they, they want to live their best life. Church, if you want to live your best life, it's in Christ. It's not out of Christ. If you want to live your best life, your best life is in Christ, not out of Christ. But somehow, we're comparing the life in Christ with all the other lives that's not in Christ. And we think that our best life is out there. Let's stand together. Our best life is not out there. Our best life is when Jesus Christ is Lord over our life. His Lordship makes the difference in our life. Is he Lord over your life? Is he Lord over your life? And if he's Lord over your life, then you will be able to experience the difference. I want to experience the difference. You should want to experience the difference. Because God do set a difference upon his people. If you are his and if you're not. And so I ask you this morning, I ask you this afternoon as we close out the day. Will you let God work in your life to show the world around you the difference between you and everybody else? Because that's what God wants to do. God wants to show everybody the difference between you who are supposed to be his children and everybody else. If we will make the decision to be the children of God, and live like we are the children of God, God is going to make the difference. That little trinket stuff, I'm past that stuff now. I don't know about you, but I'm not worried about little stuff that we call blessing these days. Because I think that some of the stuff we're calling blessing is stuff that we can do for ourselves, and we call it blessing. I hear you. 
I might be stepping in crazy territory now. But some of the things that we call blessing, you could have done it for yourself. So is it really a blessing? I'm, I'm ready to put God to the test where what he does, you're going to know I couldn't have done that. That's where we step up to the plate and start to say we are the people of God. When the things that transpire in your life, you will be able to say, I couldn't have done that. That's when you say, oh, I'm blessed. Because now you're experiencing things in your life that you know you could not produce. It had to be God. And that's how we're going to have the, the mark of demarcation to say whether this is God or not. Forget about nice car, some money came. God can make all those things happen. I'm not telling you he can't. I'm just saying that's not how I'm measuring whether I'm blessed or not. I'm not measuring, Stacy, if I'm blessed or not, if some money came in the mail or, or uh, I got a nice house or I got a nice car. I'm not measuring that as that I'm blessed because if we work five jobs, if we need to to get them, then we can get them. And we, we, we can go work three jobs. Julius not here, but he told me this morning that he, you know, he went from having no jobs to having two jobs. He got two jobs now. And with his two jobs, he can go work and do whatever he wants. Just like you can. So I don't know if that will be my mark of, of, of saying, I'm blessed. What's going to be my mark of saying I'm blessed is that whatever happens in my life that I could not do is now why I'm going to say I am blessed. Right? This is how we're going to know if God is working. Where we raised that $1.7 million to buy our church property, and guess what? And none of us didn't give it because we didn't have it, but somehow we made it happen for us because only he could have done it. Those are the things that God is saying, will you all put me to the test so I can show you, God, show you all that my people will be distinguished among all other peoples? That's what he wants to do. And we're sitting around worried that, oh, if, 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 if I say that God will do something and he doesn't, then, man, that's going to look bad. You stop worrying for God. We worry for God like, oh, God, I don't want to put you on the spot. <laughs> Can you imagine? You don't want to put God on the spot. How you put God on the spot? I would like to know how we put God on the spot. Anybody got an answer for that? How you put God on the spot? Like he's scared and he can't do it. Oh, God. My children, why did you say that? You know I can't do that. You better go talk to Pharaoh and all of them with their false gods. Baal and them. You know, because they God couldn't do nothing. That's who you need to go talk to Baal. And say, don't put your gods on the spot, Baal, because they, they won't know what to do. But you put our God on the spot about the things that are according to his purpose, his principles, and his will. You don't have to worry about a thing. He will show you that he can do exceeding and abundant above whatever we can ask or think. Will you bow your heads today? God wants to do something great in your life to distinguish between you who are his people and those who are not. And if you will begin to pray sincerely this morning and ask God to show people the difference between you his people and everybody else for him to be glorified he will do it he takes pleasure in showing our world that you his people are different than everybody else 
And so he wants to do that. But you have to make yourself available. And by faith, you have to trust God and believe God for that. And God is going to show that in your life. God will show that in your life. Will somebody believe God with me today? Will somebody believe God with me today? Bow your heads and let's pray. Father, in the name of Jesus, somebody, oh God, need to believe, oh God. They need to believe, almighty God. They need to believe, almighty God. They need to know, Lord God, that they're different. They need to know that they are your people, Lord God. And, oh God, the only way that that this distinction can be made is when you show up, when you show the difference. It's nothing we can do, Lord God, but it's what you can do. And so today, Lord Jesus, we humble ourselves before you and say we yield to you as your people. That you may guide us, that you may lead us, that you may manifest your favor in our life, Lord God. That all the world will see who we are and whose we are. Lord, today we will walk by faith and not by sight. We, Almighty God, will speak of your goodness. We, Almighty God, will truly live in submission of you, Lord God. We, Lord God, will lift you up by the life that we will live, that lifestyle that we will live out for people, Lord God, to see you in us and through us. We don't want them to see us, Lord. We want them to see you because if you be lifted up, then will you draw them. And so, God, in order for people to be drawn to you, to come to know you, to know how good you are, Lord, we must live out that life of Christ so you can show your goodness in us, so you can bless us, and you can raise us up, and you can shield, protect, provide, heal, restore, deliver, so the world can see who our God is and what our God can do. I pray today, Lord God, in the name of Jesus Christ, that the miracle working power of God will manifest upon this church, will manifest upon the children of God so we will begin to live in boldness and confidence as to who our God is and who we are as the children of God. Oh, God, have your way. We, we, we give you the praise and the honor today, Lord God. We want your will to be done. We want your kingdom to come. And we want, Lord God, to show the world whose we are and who our God is. You are the most high God. You are the high and lofty one. You are the lifting up of our head. And God, we have come to praise you. We've come to walk in the truth, Lord God. Oh, yes, Lord, have your way. In the name of Jesus. You won't be alone if you choose Jesus. You won't be alone if you submit your life to God. Oh, hallelujah. Hallelujah. Have your way, Lord. Sister Risa, come here. Hallelujah. In the name of Jesus. Sing hallelujah. I want you to lift your hands. In the name of Jesus. Oh, 
over this woman of God. I pray your hand be upon her, Lord God. I pray that you will protect and keep her. I pray no harm, no danger will come to her. I pray, Lord God, that the angel of the Lord will defend and war on her behalf and that no weapon form against her will prosper and that nothing that the enemy will try to do will be able to prosper. God, will you shield her? Will you protect her? Will you keep her? In the name of Jesus. Oh, in the name of Jesus. 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 Sister Reza, God wants you to trust him. God wants you to follow him. God wants you to submit to him completely. He wants you to proclaim his name and live out his word. In the name of Jesus. Come on, talk to God, Sister Reza. Talk to God. Come on, Rob. People of God, people of God, God has come today to make a difference between you and everyone else. God is going to make a distinction from this day on in your life. And you're never going to be the same again. The power of God will reign supremely. The power of God will make a distinction between you and those who are not the people of God. Now, God, have your way in their life. Now, God, let your will be done in their life. Now, God, shine your light. Now, God, raise up. Now, God, show your favor that your will be done in the name of Jesus. In the name of Jesus. In the name of Jesus, God has already made a distinction upon you. Now, trust in the Lord with all your heart. 
Lean not to your own understanding. In all your ways, acknowledge him, and he will direct your path. He will make the distinction. He will show you that his ways are not like any other ways. He will cause people to look upon your life and realize that you have been set apart, that you are different. Oh, in the name of Jesus, have your way. In the name of Jesus, I touch and agree with you that God's miracle will take place in your life. That God's power will rule supremely in your life. That you will be what God called you to be. That there will be a distinction. That there will be separation. That all those around you that see you will know that God has set his seal upon you. And that you're different. And that you're not like everybody else. Receive it. Obey God and trust him. He's going to do a miracle in your life. He will do a miracle in your life. You want a miracle woman of God? You want a miracle woman of God? God says, let him do it. God said, let him do it. Walk by faith, not by sight. God said, trust in him. God says, let him show you his favor. Lead not to your own understanding. Oh, God wants to do a great miracle through you and in you to show the distinction between you and all others. Father, have your way. Father, have your way. In the name of Jesus Christ, not your will, but God's will be done. God's will be done. God's will be done. God's will be done. In the name of Jesus, is he let God have his way today. Today, this is the day God has made. Rejoice, be glad in it. For God has come today to make a distinction. God has come today to set you apart for people to see and know we you trust him today. We you trust him today. In the name of Jesus, let God set you apart, woman of God. You have been set apart by God. Now let God show the world that you are different. Let God show them that you're not like all others, but you belong to him. You belong to him. God, by faith, let your will be done. By faith, I pray your favor. By faith, reveal your purpose. In the name of Jesus. In the name of Jesus. Woman of God, let God, let God show the world that you're different. You just obey him. You just trust him. He's going to show all those around you that you have been set apart, that his favor is in your life, that you're not like everyone else. Listen to me. Listen to me. You don't have to open your mouth. You don't have to say a word. All you got to do is lift Jesus up in the lifestyle you live. Lift Jesus up in the way you conduct yourself. God says, I'm going to show them whose you are. I'm going to show them that I've set you apart and made a distinction upon you. Now trust me. Now follow after me and I will do it. And I will do it in the name of Jesus. In the name of Jesus. Your time has come. Your time has come, saith the Lord. Your time has come, saith the Lord. He says, walk in my statues. Your time has come, saith the Lord. I've anointed you, and I have chosen you, and I will show my glory in you. I will raise you up, and I will set you on a place where everybody will see that I have done it, and it wasn't the work of anybody else but God. Have your way today. Jesus, let your will be done. Jesus, let your will be done. Jesus, let your will be done. Yeah. 
Let the distinction of the Lord rest upon you today, son. Let the distinction of the Lord rest upon you today. Hear me. God wants me to tell you, don't try to be like anybody else. Don't do it like nobody else. Don't trust nobody else. Let God do it. Let God work in your life. Let God work through you. Let God make the distinction. You don't have to do it. God says he will do it. Trust in the Lord. Lead up to your own understanding. Submit to his will. Trust in the Lord. In the name of Jesus. 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 From a child. From a baby. I've called you. 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 I need you to speak as I command you to speak. You don't have to worry about anyone else's acceptance. God wants you to know. Don't worry about anyone else's acceptance. You have been accepted by him. Now go forth and show the world that God is your God. That God is your Lord. And he rules and reigns in your life. Walk according to his statutes. Trust in the Lord with all your heart. And lead not to, his own under- to your own understanding. But in all your ways acknowledge him. Acknowledge him. Acknowledge him. Live a lifestyle that brings glory and honor to Jesus. And he will make the distinction. In the name of Jesus. In the name of Jesus. Oh, Oh, Ah, ah. God is trying to lead you into a place where it's just you and Him. God is leading you to a place where it's just you and Him. He says, follow after Him. He says, shut out the voices. Shut out all the voices that you're hearing. All the thoughts of everybody else. Resist them. Follow after him. He's getting ready to take you in a place where he can show that you belong to him. He's going to place his distinction upon you. But you must follow after him. You must obey him. You must submit to him. You must resist evil. You must resist ungodliness. You must resist unrighteousness. You must allow faith to lead you and guide you. In the name of Jesus. In the name of Jesus. God will set his distinction upon you. God will set his distinction upon you. Woman of God, keep following after Jesus. Keep following after Jesus. There's a miracle in store. Ah. There's a miracle in store for you. There's a miracle in store for you because you belong to him. You've chosen to follow him. He says, there's a miracle in store for you because I've called you and you have responded. Now I am going to make a distinction. Trust me. Allow me to lead you and guide you. Obey my word and I will show the world that you belong to me, that you are mine and I'll distinguish you from all others. In the name of Jesus. In the name of Jesus. Young man, God has distinguished you from the womb. And today, the life that you live is now in Christ and not in your own mind and not in your own thoughts. The life that you live is in Christ. Now, let God show forth 
his glory in your life. Let God show you the distinction. As he shows you, he will show all others. In the name of Jesus. 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 Woman of God, God called you to the kingdom. He's never forsaken you. He's not forgotten about you. God's hand is still upon you. But you must stand for righteousness. You must stand for God. You must forsake all that is unrighteous. You must forsake all that is ungodly and stand for God. Follow after him. He will reveal to you and to others that he has made a distinction. Oh, he has set it upon you. Now follow him. Trust him and obey him. In the name of Jesus. In the name of Jesus. Men of God, God has called you to the kingdom for such a time as this. God has called you to his kingdom for such a time as this. Ah. Ah. Oh, I pray in the name of Jesus that you will be free from all bondage of thoughts in your mind. That you will be free from all of your past. From all of the weights and the sins that so easily beset you. That your mind will be free. That your heart will be free. That your thoughts will be free. I set you free today. And that God will distinguish you. And the power of God will overshadow you. You will begin to speak God's words. God is going to put his words in your mouth. And you will speak his words. And through the speaking of God's words, God will sanctify you. God will set a seal upon you. God will distinguish you because you will open your mouth and speak because God will make you speak. Let it be so according to God's will. In the name of Jesus. Ah. Woman of God, God has used you. He has distinguished you. All those who know you and those who don't know you, that encounter you, God has already allowed his light to shine. God has already allowed you to prove that he's real and that he has set his distinction upon you. Your smile. Oh, God says, I've set that smile in you. God says, I've distinguished you. Now, woman of God, continue to let them see me in you. Let them know I've distinguished you. Oh, in the name of Jesus, I, your God, has preserved you. And I will continue to preserve you. And I will continue to work in you and through you. For I, your God, has said it so. In the name of Jesus. In the name of Jesus. In the name of Jesus. Come on, wife. Come on, baby. Father, you called her to your kingdom. You called her, Lord God. It was you that called her, Lord God. And Lord, now, let her be distinguished. Let her be distinguished. Let her be distinguished. Let her be distinguished. 
let your anointing flow in her life. Let your power overshadow her. Let her walk in your authority. Reveal your truth and your righteousness in her. Oh God, let faith, oh God, reign in her life. And let them that encounter her know she's been set aside and distinguished by you. In the name of Jesus. In the name of Jesus. Let it be so, God. In the name of Jesus. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Lord. We will sing hallelujah. And we'll dance in your presence. Oh, hallelujah. 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 King of glory. Have your way. Have your way, Jesus. Have your way, Jesus. Thank the Lord. Thank the Lord. I give you honor, Lord. I give you honor, Lord. Oh, great God. You are our King. You are the King of Kings. You are the Lord of Lords. You are the most high God. We adore you. We worship you. Come here, Sister Patrice. Hallelujah. God, she has unanswered questions. She has questions for you that are not answered, Lord God. Oh God, sometimes she's challenged, Lord God. But I pray, Lord Jesus, that today you will show her that you have distinguished her as your people. Different from everyone else. Let us see today, Lord God, that you have made the difference. That you have made her distinguished from those that are not your people. Will you show her, God, that she belongs to you? Will you show her, God, that your favor is upon her? Will you show her, Lord, that, Lord, you will do it. That you will do it. That you will do it. Let her see it. And let them that encounter her know that you are her God. That you are her God. In the name of Jesus. In the name of Jesus. For those of you that are still joining us virtually, stretch your hand towards me. Father, in the name of Jesus. For every person that will trust you today. For every person that will hold to their faith in you. And we'll believe your word today. Show them, Lord God. Show them, Lord God. Let them see, Lord Jesus, that you have distinguished them. Oh, God, differently from those who are not your people. I pray today that your favor will be great in their life. I pray that you will reveal to them how much you have distinguished them. And that those that they encounter will know for sure that they belong to you, that they are yours, and you have said it so. I pray and ask, in the name of Jesus, let it be so, oh great God. We give you honor and praise in Jesus' name. 
Oh, hallelujah. Oh, hallelujah. Oh, hallelujah. Oh, hallelujah. King of glory. Have your way. Have your way. We love you, Jesus. Oh, we'll sing hallelujah. We'll sing hallelujah. We'll sing hallelujah. Oh, hallelujah. Oh, hallelujah. Oh, hallelujah. Jesus, you are Lord. Ah. You are our God. Oh God, and we give you praise. Let your glory be revealed in the earth, among us, and through us. Let your glory be revealed in the earth, among us, and through us. Let your glory be revealed in this earth, among us, and through us. Let your glory be revealed in this earth. We give you honor and praise. We give you honor and praise. We sing hallelujah to your great name, Jesus. We sing hallelujah to your great name, Jesus. We sing hallelujah to your great name, Jesus. Oh, there is none like you. Oh, there is none like you. Hallelujah. 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 Oh, hallelujah. Have your way, Jesus. Have your way, Jesus. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Jesus. Oh, glory, hallelujah. 